Hello dear passenger, this is your captain speaking and we are about to take off for another episode of Adventurina. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Adventurina. Your captain is back in town from another trip or two. Yeah, kind of lost track the last two months. It's been pretty crazy in a good way, in good way, you know, understand more traveling. <laughs> I came back from my East Coast trip after visiting Niagara Falls, Boston and Cape Cod. And it wasn't long until I left for another place. I wasn't planning on, but it happened last moment. And as you know, I never declined travel offers. Oh, oh, oh. Again, the Christmas laugh. But anyway, I went to Lake Tahoe kind of unplanned. Basically got asked if I wanted to go. I said, I didn't know. They asked me twice and I was like, ah, why not? Next thing I knew, I was booking my train and bus tickets and I was getting confirmations, which is my favorite, right? <laughs> I just love when my email inbox is all flights, hotel confirmations, tickets and stuff like that. So anyway, I went to Lake Tahoe for three or four days. The weather was awesome, hot and nice during the day. Got some tan also. Chilly at night, but still very enjoyable. One of the days we spent about, I want to say, seven or eight hours at the beach. <laughs> Meaning me turning into a lobster was in progress. <laughs> we also got on a boat and went into the lake where we jumped and swam for a little bit. Uh, Tahoe was awesome as always. I usually go there once a year. But for the last three years, it was also either rainy or snowy or foggy due to the fires in the area. So this time was actually my first full summer experience at Tahoe. And it was the best from all the previous ones. Tahoe is insanely beautiful. I want to say if I ever retire in this country, or maybe I should say if I ever live until retirement. I'm just kidding. Um... If I ever retire in this country, I would literally go and live there. This is one of the places I would love to retire at. It's one of those places in the States that I consider for my non-existent retirement plan. <laughs> anyway, I came back from Tahoe because there was, of course, a concert I had to attend and I've been waiting for. After the concert, I had to pack my shit again because I was leaving for Washington, D.C., the capital, the heart of the country, the official whatever. And I have a confession to make. How do I say this? Your captain, the person who has never left anywhere without a plan and an itinerary, your captain went to Washington, D.C. with really poor preparation. Yep, I said it. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. After constantly explaining how having a plan is the most important thing for me <laughs> when I go on a trip, I had the arrogance <laughs> to get on a plane barely informed of what to see and do in Washington, D.C. Yep, believe it or not. But in my defense, I will say it just happened. <laughs> I have had this trip booked since maybe June. And since then, I have had 
on my calendar an actual reminder of planning my days there. Because yes, I do that. I put everything I need to do in my calendar. Otherwise, good luck doing anything. <laughs> I just, you know, I need it for everyday stuff. Uh, it's literally impossible to remember so many little goddamn things. So God bless my calendar. That's another topic though. Uh, so I have had the task to prepare my Washington DC itinerary for a good month and a half, I want to say, if not even more. And two days before I was going to depart, I only had some freaking screenshots and different notes from here and there of what to see and do. Oh, and I also had a ticket for one immersive experience. So I guess traveling so much for the last few months made me leave important things for the last moment, which I usually am not okay with. But shit happens and I ended up doing laundry hours before I had to leave to the airport and I was literally googling and planning while doing the laundry. Pretty disappointing for someone who has a travel podcast, right? (laughs) Good thing was that I was traveling most of the day and I was about to arrive in Washington DC in the late afternoon and had the whole evening to organize my stuff. And having some notes and recommendations prior to that, I literally just had to open my near and dear to my heart Google Maps, my best friend, my favorite website. The reason for, yeah, okay, stop it. I opened Google Maps and I was able to plan the next three days fully and in a way that, of course, I was going to be exhausted after, but that's how I like it. So... This night, I went to bed happy and satisfied, knowing that even if I waited until the last freaking moment, I still managed to plan my whole trip, (laughs) and I wasn't going to miss anything that I would have regretted later. It was my first time in Washington, D.C., and I stayed with family. They live in Maryland, so it was even better that I got to experience extra places because of that. Every day I was taking the train from their place in Maryland to Washington DC, which for those of you who don't know, is the capital of the United States. And because of that, I think you won't be surprised to hear that it was probably the cleanest city I've ever been to, literally. I walked for almost nine hours the first day, putting about 14 miles on those poor legs down there. And I still hadn't seen any trash. At some point, I was like, where the hell is the trash? I mean, I get it. It's the capital. If it's not clean there, where the hell would it be clean, right? (laughs) Washington, D.C. has tons of historical landmarks. And the best part is that the city is super walkable. And most of the interesting and first-time must-sees are close to each other. The area in the city called National Mall is home to iconic places like Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, World War II Monument, Thomas Jefferson Memorial, the Capitol Building, and tons of museums. My first day there was literally dedicated to this part of the city only because there's just so much to see there. It was uh, also pretty hot, which I have mentioned before I'm not used to anymore, but Thank God I spent some time on the East Coast in July and I had training, right? (laughs) A few things I have to say about Washington DC in general for everyone who has it on their bucket list, for everyone who wants to go there, for everyone who considers this destination. First, extremely clean, as I said, even in the neighborhoods out of the area with all the federal, national and whatever administration buildings, everything was super clean. 
Number two, I did not see homeless people. I saw some weirdos, but nothing crazy. Overall, this must be the city that I felt the safest in from all the big cities in the US I have been to by myself. So I would say it's a really good option for solo trips. Number three, there are no goddamn restaurants or even 7-Elevens or CVS or whatever stores of this kind around National Mall in this area. So where most of the landmarks are located, there is nothing like this. This was super weird to me because you would think where there are tourists, there will be food. Well, not really. I walked for almost eight hours until I saw the first restaurant for the day. And then I realized I haven't even seen anything different than buildings, museums, and monuments for the whole day. However, there are many food trucks available. God bless them. We already know Hungry Captain is a trouble. <laughs> so there are food options, uh, just not what you would imagine, I would say. There are, of course, plenty of nice restaurants and places outside of this area, but there's specifically almost nothing. So be prepared for that. Another thing, almost all the museums are free, which is amazing because you get to see more with no expenses. Because <laughs> let's be honest, if you're not a huge museum fan, you would probably skip this kind of experience because you don't want to pay for something that is not a priority for you. But when it's free, the chance for you to be interested in it <laughs> and to consider visiting it is bigger. This way, you can also go to more museums and see more things rather than having to limit the amount of museums you are visiting due to the admission fee. Number five, uh, people were super nice. Literally everyone I interacted with was super cool and helpful. Staff in the metro station would help me with getting my daily pass by not just telling me what I need, but actually coming with me to the machine and showing me how to add it to my phone and stuff like this. And I just love kind people. It always makes my day. It actually makes your life as well, right? <laughs> Number six, uh, Washington DC also gives you the opportunity to check out some places around that are basically different states. Uh, once I saw everything I wanted to see there, I uh, even went to Virginia and walked around the Pentagon. I even went to their National Cemetery, which is a landmark, uh, and it was really impressive to see. A little creepy, but beautiful in an impressive way. I also visited Alexandria in Virginia, which is a popular tourist spot uh, known for its architecture. So, recap of the trip. The capital crossed off my bucket list. Two more states visited and added to my state list. Souvenirs bought and already looking at me from my magnet board and uncountable memories created, literally. On top of that, on my way back to San Francisco, I boarded my direct flight and guess what? No one was sitting next to me, so I had all three seats for myself. Isn't that the dream when you haven't slept for weeks, just like I hadn't at this point? <laughs> trip after trip, work and concerts, parties and millions of things to do, I was so exhausted. When I got on the plane, I realized I hadn't woken up without an alarm for weeks, over a month, and those three seats were just <laughs> a gift from God. A moment for a tear, please. So your captain got some food, watched some friends, and decided to pull up the armrests, if you know what I mean, because it was show time, or <laughs> sleep time, I should say. Well, 
Whatever it was, I lay down as a boss, put my hoodie on and passed out for maybe an hour and a half, which is literally a miracle for me because I have never been able to sleep during flights. I've shared that before. Well, this time I wasn't just sleeping. I was actually getting more rest than I got during my trip. And it would have been great if I didn't wake up from my saliva covering one third of the seats. Just kidding. Actually not kidding. But yeah, well, it was nasty. Anyway, I really enjoyed having all three seats for me. And I could tell how other passengers were looking at me kind of pissed. Like, sorry, guys, it was my turn to get lucky this time. Another thing I really loved about this trip was the fact that my flights cost me barely $12. Yes, <laughs> you heard correctly. No, that's not a mistake. I know I'm really bad at math, but it's not even my English being poor. I'm talking $12. <laughs> One, two. Round trip. West Coast, East Coast. <laughs> San Francisco, Washington, D.C. and back. And no, it wasn't with spirit. <laughs> or frontier i had a lot of miles to exchange and i ended up booking west coast east coast round trip for the price of a subway sandwich pretty much for those of you who don't know how earning miles or points and exchanging them work let me explain uh, this will be a little off topic but hey as long as it brings me more traveling hell yeah i will discuss it and share it and since I mentioned credit cards, I just remember after the last episode, a girl texted me asking what I meant by my flight got canceled, but they reimbursed me with 20,000 miles. So this is the same type of perks I'm talking about, but instead of getting them from my spendings, I got it straight from the airline because of my delayed and canceled flight. It was like a form of compensation. These miles, as I said, can be exchanged for a flight or cover part of the flight. So you have to pay a certain amount out of your pocket. It, of course, depends on the destination and the type of flight. And let's just start with the basics and try to dive a little deeper. Some people still kind of define having a credit card as a privilege or a sign of wealth if you want uh, or I guess being in debt and trying to cover expenses you cannot pay for but having a credit card is not an expense as many people think in many cases using a credit card is rewarding and can give you discounts or deals on many services and purchases including traveling and all aspects of it like transportation accommodation experiences and many other how you're asking well in the united states having a credit card is essential because having a credit card history is something that you would need often in your life for signing a lease for a new place to buying a car or a house or whatever so having a good credit history which is built from on-time payments and never being into a debt is super important here and since everyone has at least one credit card, companies are trying to attract customers with different offers that, you know, provide perks and advantages good enough for you to get the credit card. On the other hand, unfortunately, credit cards in Europe definitely do not have as many perks as the ones in the States. Since credit history is not really a thing in Europe, except for a few countries, I believe, Companies don't care to offer good perks and to attract customers. 
So if someone in Europe is listening, most likely this information will not be really relevant to the credit card situation in Europe. But for all the fellows in the States, I promise you having a credit card with good perks that you responsibly use and pay back will pay off very well, especially travel-wise. To try to summarize how credit cards work, you apply and based on your income, you either get approved or denied. If getting approved, you get a credit card with a certain amount of money available to spend each month and a certain date you have to pay back at. Just because you have an available amount of money to spend doesn't mean you have to spend it all. (laughs) The less you spend, the more reliable you look to the bank. After some months of responsible spending and payments on time, your credit score, which is a number that shows how good you are at paying back banks for the money you, you know, borrowed from them, this score starts getting up. The higher the credit score, the more reliable of a person you are and the bigger the chance for you to get approved when applying for housing or mortgage or buying a car and stuff like that. So basically, everyone aims for a good credit score as this is the main proof in the United States that you can handle your payments. And this proof serves you when it's time to make bigger purchases such as cars, homes, and other things like that. Different credit cards come with different perks. Some of them give you a sign-up bonus. Some of them give you cash back for every dollar spent or for money spent on specific stuff. One of my credit cards, for example, gives me 3% cash back on grocery purchases. So every time I go to the grocery store and I have to pay, I just use this specific card because I know part of what I paid for will come back to me as a cash back or as credit, like they call it. This cash back I can use to buy whatever I want after that once I receive it back. And it doesn't always have to be groceries that you get rewards from. That was just an example. Can be gas, can be restaurants, even specific chains for clothes or food, but retail in general. All credit cards have offers that mostly, you know, change on a monthly basis. So sometimes you have a list of companies or services or providers that you can get certain cash back from or a discount as long as you buy through the portal and with the specific credit card that offers that deal. Travelers, of course, try to get credit cards that give them travel perks and bonuses. Many companies would give you a generous bonus of points for signing up and spending a certain amount of money. This bonus received as points or miles you can exchange for traveling, flights or hotels. Here probably comes the question, why don't we open all credit cards available, get all the bonuses and travel with the miles and points we have gathered? Would be too good to be true, right? (laughs) Applying and getting a new credit card is part of you being responsible and considered about your credit score. The more often you apply for credit cards, the more credit lines you open, As they call it, the more it looks like you're trying to fund your spendings because you cannot cover them. So you should give it at least six months between applying for different credit cards. Also keep in mind that every time you apply, your credit score gets checked and this decreases it. 
So just as an example, if you have 726 points as your credit score and you apply for a new credit card, doesn't matter if you get approved or not, most likely you will have about, I want to say between 10 and 15 points taken. This is just an example. I'm just explaining how it works. I personally don't see logic in that because the fact is that you've been building this credit score this credit history for a while and just because you're applying they're taking away points from you which is not fair but that's the fact when a bank checks if you're reliable (laughs) this costs you points of your credit score pretty dumb if you ask me but it is what it is that's not a reason (laughs) for you not to apply for different credit cards so often when having a credit card you can accumulate points by making payments and daily purchases paying bills too what you spend kind of goes back to you in a different form if i can say that let's say you spend a hundred dollars and you get a hundred points or miles depending on the credit card of course once you gather enough you can exchange those points or miles for different goods different services travel and other options So as I said, I had a big amount of miles generated through previous flights because, you know, don't forget, always sign up for an account with each airline you book from. So this way you can get miles after flying with them and later on exchange them for another flight. Having a lot of miles, I decided to use some of them for a round trip and I was even surprised that it was cheaper than I expected. Meaning I covered most of my flights price with miles I had gathered and I only paid out of pocket $12. (laughs) So credit cards, if managed well and responsibly, can literally open a huge door for you in your travels by earning you sign-up bonuses and additional perks. You don't have to be in debt to have a credit card. You don't have to use it to cover things that you can't afford. Just use your credit card to cover everyday purchases so instead of paying with cash or debit card you pay with credit card and you accumulate points don't spend more than you can pay if you are not using a credit card if you are using your debit card or cash so you're basically having the same expenses you're just paying with a different card with a credit card when it's time to pay back always pay the full balance not just the minimum And this will have a huge impact on your credit score, which we already know is important in the United States. You may think I get paid to promote credit cards at this point, which I wish was true. Well, if someone from Visa, MasterCard or American Express is listening, hit me up. We can see a deal right now. Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. Hit me up. But since I've been getting questions, let me guys know if you want to learn more about credit cards and, you know, their role in traveling. I think this is a topic that a lot of people would be interested in. And also a lot of people don't understand because they look at it as a spending spree, almost. The truth is that as long as you pay your regular expenses and purchases with your credit cards and pay them off with your debit card on time and full... You can gain many perks and you can travel for much less and even for free. So before you book or buy anything, make sure you check the offers and the deals of the credit cards you owe, if you have more than one. Pay with the one that gives you either a better deal or higher cashback. Often a company or a provider we buy from, 
are actually on the list of your bank deals. So take a look first and make sure you're not missing on anything. Because booking like this will not only save you money from the total sometimes, but will also give you a cashback or points or miles depending on your credit card terms. So how about next time we talk about how to save money for traveling, huh? I have more tricks and suggestions, so let's cover them all. Many people say you can't save from change and little things, but I'm here to tell you that little things done consistently and tracked over time actually do fund your trips, or at least part of them. These little things I do covered my daily budget for Milan years ago. That's how I paid for my hotel in Santorini back in 2018. That's how I usually buy essentials or travel items for my trips. That's how I save for all of my travels, partially or fully. It's not about breaking the piggy bank after years and going to an exotic island, right? It's about the small things you can imply into your routine and help you save money from nowhere without making you give up on your favorite cup of coffee every day or your guilty pleasures. <laughs> so stay tuned for more saving tips coming your way and until then you guys text me what you want to hear about, ask questions, tell stories, just find me on Instagram and all the other social media channels I have and I will see you in the next episode which is landing shortly. Bye bye!